Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is Gary Neron welcoming you to the Lamp and Light broadcast, coming to you from the studios of Central Baptist Church in beautiful Ocala, Florida. Lamp and Light is a ministry taking a book of the Bible verse by verse, teaching as it is to men as they are, without compromise or apology, speaking the truth in love, and our purpose is to give the lamp and light to all. Yesterday in our question and answer series, we were learning that baptism has nothing to do with our salvation. Let's continue with that today. Now, here is our teacher and pastor, Dr. Andy Bloom. That thief on the cross, he was never baptized. He never belonged to a local church. <laughs> he, he knew very little of anything about the Bible, but it was the witness of Christ there, seeing him and hearing him and knowing this indeed is the Christ, the Son of God. He knew that, and he received him there while on the cross. Now, he didn't get baptized afterwards, but Jesus said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That's why I said, salvation is what saves you. The salvation of Christ through his blood, that is the repentance and faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, you receive him and you get saved. But it is definitely not through any other means or way that you get saved. Getting baptized won't save you. Join the Baptist church or any other church won't save you. It won't save you that you do a bunch of good works. And, and by the way, let me just add something. Doing bad things, then all of a sudden you do some good things for the church, does not offset the bad things, the failure in obedience to the Lord, things that you're not doing you're supposed to be doing, and thinking, well, I did this. This is a good thing. I gave this to the church. I did this for the church. But yet you're drinking. You're not faithful to God's house. You're doing these other things. Look, your good things are not offsetting the bad things against God. And you need to understand that. It does not do that. So your first step after you're saved is your confession of Christ before men. Jesus said, confess him before men, he'll confess you before the Lord. Now, you're letting people know you're identifying with Christ. That's why in a church service, in most Baptist churches, and I hear some don't even have invitations any longer, but when they start at the end of service and the preacher has it, opens it up for invitation, there's a, the music is played and the people stand to sing and some people walk down forward. They meet the preacher at the front, and he directs them to someone who is trained in the Word of God that opens that Bible and leads them to Jesus Christ to be saved. Now, some wonder if sprinkling has the same effect as baptism by immersion, since other churches call it baptism. Actually, the first records of sprinkling are not until 
about A.D. 250. It was not until A.D. 1311 that the Roman Catholic Church at the Council of Ravenna made sprinkling an official allowable mode of baptism. Some cases, some people drowned because they were very sick. They put them under the water and put them out, and they drowned under the waters before they came up. They took in so much water. There were babies dying that way, and so they figured with, with sick people and some other things, some people, they said, well, they're so sick, we're liable to catch something from them, and so they would sprinkle water on them. So those are just some things that they would do. So the Church of England, Drop baptism by immersion in A.D. 1644. You say, now, how did they do that? Well, the, understand, it's the Church of England. So Parliament, it was Parliament that made the vote to drop baptism by immersion or to allow sprinkling as as a mode of baptism. Now, I do know that uh, my, my father, when he was a little boy growing up, their family was Methodist. And their Methodist church, he says, it was just like our Baptist churches today. He says, as far as preaching and naming sin and everything else. But he said, um, you had your choice. You could be baptized by immersion or by sprinkling in his day. And that probably been in the 1920s, late 1920s, early 1930s. But by an act of parliament, they was able, by a vote of 25 to 24, okay, baptism by immersion got, uh, defeated in the Methodist Church of the Church of England by one vote, 25 to 24. And it was Parliament. It was not the Word of God, and it wasn't the, even the people of the church that made that vote. And so that's what they voted and changed baptism. Now, Baptists are called Baptists simply because they... Say we rebaptize them. Okay. And so they called us Anabaptists, which meant rebaptizers. And people, after their salvation, said, okay, this is when you're supposed to get saved. They, they saw it in the Word of God and they said, well, that's what the Word of God says. That's what we should do. No, you know, it's interesting that the word baptize comes from the Greek word baptizo, which simply means to immerse in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. And by the way, that shows how Jesus Christ was baptized. And as a matter of fact, Acts 8, 38 and 39 indicate that this is how Philip baptized the eunuch. Now, understand, the eunuch is going through the desert on that ride. Now, going back to Ethiopia. Obviously, they're carrying water with them. So if it was just sprinkling, could have sprinkled some water on them. No, they saw that puddle of water there. And what keeps me? There's, there's water over here. Let's, let's baptize. He takes him down in there, and he immerses him in that water. So the Lord had commanded Stephen to Bishop of Rome about this, and he thought, it was supposed to be, now let, let me get this right. Stephen of Rome is not the Stephen of the New Testament that you look. But Stephen of Rome 
went away from the command of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, he excommunicated these rebaptizers. Now, people say, well, you left, the Baptists left the church. No, they, they got kicked out, but they really, most of them weren't part of the church to begin with. But they got called rebaptizers Anabaptists, and that's what went on from there. And many of those pastors were pastors in Asia that got cut out. In time, of course, we told you Church of England, it got them. And so people made choices on whether they're going to be immersed or not. And a lot from what I understand is they didn't want immersed. They wanted sprinkled because in some cases it was ladies, what it would do to their hair, and even men about what it would make them look like. You know, just they put the flesh over the spirit. Anytime you put the flesh over the spirit, when you put the flesh over the commands of God, you're always doing the wrong thing. Always. But that's the way they did it back then. So they uh, were definitely against immersion. And yet the Baptists uh, are baptizing that way because that is being true to the word of God. That is why I believe personally, and I'm going away from the letter now, but I, I personally believe that these people that are doing dynamic equivalents in their translating of the Bible from the Greek to English or from the Hebrew to English, and they're saying they're using what they call dynamic equivalents. In other words, they're not getting word-for-word translation. They're saying, well, we think this is what it means, and so it gives the words they think it means. Now, the Apostle Paul, do you realize that before he got saved, he had said at the feet of Gamaliel, that's just like people today in our country say, oh, man, he's got a Harvard degree. He graduated from Harvard or some great university. And, oh, he's a Rhodes Scholar. Oh, this, this is a brilliant man. And so they, they give it that. Well, that's what Paul had in that day. Guess what? After salvation, God had to take him to the desert, and he had to have at least three years in the desert for God to retrain him and teach him the truth because they were training the wrong things there. And and so, and you have the same thing going on today where they're trying to change the Bible and do those things as happened uh, back then and wrecked, wrecked, wrecked the church. And so we see those things that are going on. Now, we see there in Romans chapter 6, verse 3, 6, through six, know ye not that as many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, and that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Okay? You got saved. Say, does the blood cleanses you from your sin, from your guilt? Yes, because that shows the payment was made in full for it. 
you realize that when Jesus rose from the dead and he told Mary Magdalene when he first saw her, touch me not, I have not yet ascended to my father. What was he going to send to his father first for? That he might apply that shed blood to the mercy seat there in heaven. And that there's blood on that mercy seat to this day. And when a person receives Christ, that blood payment that was demanded was is applied to their account. But it was already shed for them, but it had never been applied until they received Christ. The blood for your sin has already been given. It's already been paid in full. Yet, it is not applied to your account till the day you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, we find out in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Man, if you want to read some very filthy people, there were some very filthy people in that church, okay? And uh, the effeminate, you know, the homosexual, the abusers of themselves with mankind, and on you could go, the things that talked about sins of people in that church. And you say, wow, and that was a church? Yeah, those people were saved. Somebody had a heart for them. They didn't give up on their souls. This is your radio pastor, Pastor Andy Bloom, saying... May the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway today. We want to thank you for listening to the Lamp and Light broadcast. If you would like a CD copy of today's message by Dr. Bloom, send us your name, mailing address, and include the radio station by which you are listening and the date of the broadcast. We would appreciate a gift of $5 to Lamp and Light broadcast, 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, Ocala, Florida, 34471. You may also visit us on the website and freely download the sermons by clicking on the sermon library. That website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. Again, the address for the Lamp and Light broadcast is 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, O-C-A-L-A, Florida, 34471. And again, our website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. This is your announcer, Gary Neron, saying, May God's peace be with all that are in Christ Jesus. Stand so the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible stands. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation.